love the word today. Give the Lord another hand of praise. Amen. I know I'm getting you to stand a lot, but let's stand and read the word and then you can be seated the rest of the time. But uh, I think it honors God to stand and read his word and uh, we're going to keep you in shape around here. Amen. All right. Today I'm talking for the second time about soul man. Can you say with me, I'm a soul man or I'm a soul woman. What I'm wanting you to understand is that God has called you to take care of your soul. So let's just read about it. I want you to look at the testimony of David. Can you read it with me? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. What does he do? He restores my soul. Let's personalize it. He restores my soul. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, he restores my soul. Now let's read Jesus talking to the disciples, then we're going to be seated. This is Jesus telling his disciples to take a break. Look at this. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. I want you to read with me. Like There's four points in this one verse. Say it with me. Come with me by yourself to a quiet place and chill. Great advice. Father, thank you for your word today. Bless it to our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, perk up and listen. You're going to need this today. Well, last time we talked about the importance of caring for your own soul. You have a soul. David testified to something. I want you to listen to the testimony of the psalmist of Israel, the mighty warrior David. I want you to listen to this. He testified that God was the restorer of his soul. Well, if his soul had been restored, then it must have been that his soul was in some kind of disrepair. You don't restore something that was not unrestored or in disrepair. And we know this because the word restore means, from the Hebrew language, to return to the starting point. Restore means to be returned to the starting point. And David is saying here, God returned my soul to the starting point. I needed to be restored and God restored me. I can't tell you how important it is that we understand the need for our souls to be restored. The need for you and me to take care of our own souls. Nobody's going to do it for you. I can minister the word of God to you on Sunday and on Wednesday night. But you got to take care of your own soul. I'm not there Monday through Friday. I'm not there Saturday morning. I'm not there when you go home today. You need to be able to take care of your own soul. We also saw that being an apprentice of Jesus Christ, because we're continuing now this series on the apprentice. Being an apprentice of Jesus means to care for your soul. That's what apprentices do. Disciples of Jesus, apprentices of Jesus, followers of Jesus, learn to care for their soul. Look at what Jesus said to his own disciples. He said, 
come away by yourself to a deserted place with me and rest. Man, I wish that I could put that on every billboard in the city of Fort Worth and Dallas. That God wants us to come away with him alone to a deserted place and rest our souls. Why is this so important? Why worry about the soul? Your soul is the infrastructure of your life. As goes your soul, so go you. When Jesus said there's two kinds of people, those that build their houses on the rock and those that build their houses on the sand. He was talking about the infrastructure that, it was, that is within you. He was talking about your interior life. And why does somebody's life crash? Because their soul crashes. They have a soul crash. People don't have breakdowns. They have soul crashes. People don't burn out generally. They burn out in their soul. Their souls burn out. Your soul is the infrastructure. It's the skeleton that holds up your life. You are only as strong as is your soul. That's why it's so important you have a strong interior life, that your soul is taken care of, that your soul is cared for. Because God's given us a soul, a spirit. You neglect your soul to your own peril. You tend to your soul so that you might be strong. How many in here want to be strong in life? strong to face life, victorious in life. Well, then you got to have a strong soul. It's one thing to be saved. Thank God your soul is saved if you're washed in the blood of the lamb. But then the call of the apprentice, the call of the disciple is to have enough sense to keep your soul, your interior life, well-fed and strong. John wrote these words to a friend, and I quoted it last week, but it's such a great verse. Here's what John wrote to a friend. He said, dear friend, Dear friend, I'm praying that all is well with you and that your body is as healthy as I know your soul is. Intimating there that there might even be a connection between bodily health and soul health. I believe that half the reasons people are at doctors is because their souls are sick. And God wants our souls to be strong. God's called us to strengthen our souls. We're to have strong souls, strong interior lives. And John said about his friend, I know enough about soul health to know that your soul is healthy. And I pray your body is as healthy as your soul is. So he knew how to read a healthy soul. You know, the more I go on in God, when I meet people, and I don't want to make, get, get, you know, I don't want you to be nervous when I tell you this so that you don't come up and talk to me. But, but, I, but I read people's souls. I can tell you in five minutes if somebody is healthy in their soul. Now, I just heard somebody say, he ain't talking to me. I'm not going up to him. He's going to scan me. I don't scan you. I've just learned that we are three-part creatures. God made us of three parts. Paul said, I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to notice, he said, you're made up of a spirit, a soul, and a body. Last week, I told you you're like an egg. An egg has an outer shell, and then it has a white, and then it has a yolk within the white. So the egg has an outer shell, then it has an inner man, 
then it has an inner, inner man. You are made up of a body, and then your soul is what animates your body. Your soul is what inhabits your body. And then within your soul, in your innermost, innermost, is your spirit. That's the breath of life. The spirit is the breath of life. Jesus came to redeem your body. He's going to resurrect it. He came to renew and save your soul. And he came to save your spirit. You have a spirit man, a soul man, and a body. Right now, you're listening to me. Your soul is listening to me. Your soul is comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Jesus came to save your soul. That's what was lost. Jesus said the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. Well, what was lost? You. You were lost. I was lost. We were lost. The human race is lost. Is that really a shock to us? Do we, can we not watch the news one day and realize the human race is lost? And Jesus came to purchase your soul, your spirit, and your body. But we are three-part, and we've got to understand that about ourselves. Oh, man, we put all kinds of attention on our body in our day. Everything is physical. How do you look? How much do you weigh? How's your hair? How are you aging? Everything is physical. And we don't pay attention to our souls that are crying out for care and for attention. I mean, even believers don't do it. Believers have got to understand, you have within you a soul. Your soul animates your body. It uses your body to get around in. Your soul is going to walk out of here today in your body. And the Bible says when the, when the shell dies, when the body dies, the soul and the spirit, which are one, immediately go into the presence of the Lord. You immediately step into eternity. Immediately. You don't go into soul sleep. You don't wander around like a ghost on earth. You immediately go into the presence of the Lord. If you're a believer, you immediately go into the presence of the Lord. If I can be honest with you, if you don't know the Lord, you immediately go into a waiting place that waits for the great white throne judgment of God. But you do not just die. If you commit suicide, you do not cease to exist. When you die, nobody ceases to exist because God made us an eternal creature. We have body, soul, and spirit. And Paul said, I pray that all three of those are preserved blameless to the coming of Jesus Christ. So you can defile your spirit. You can defile your soul. You can defile your body. If they can be made blameless, they can also be defiled. A healthy soul is so important because your interior life decides your quality of life. Your interior life decides the quality of life. A bunch of money doesn't decide the quality of life. I can guarantee you that. You can have a billion dollars with satin sheets and can't sleep at night. Ask Heath Ledger, who wandered the streets of New York night after night because he could not sleep. Troubled was his soul. His soul was troubled. A healthy interior life is the secret to a victorious life. You know what it says about John the Baptist and Jesus when they were growing up? It says they were mighty 
in their interior life. They were mighty in spirit. Luke 2.40, Luke 1.80. They were mighty in their interior life. I want to be mighty inside because that is what is going to decide my victory outside. The third reason it's important, a healthy soul is necessary to be spiritually productive. I don't know about you, but I know I've got one life to live as the world turns to minister to all my children. (laughs) And so I want to be sure that I live it right. I want to be sure that I live it well. I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a, a fragrance of Christ in the world. But if I'm going to be spiritually productive, I've got to have a healthy soul or I will limp through life. I'll be saved, but I will limp through life. Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. The key to a healthy soul is that we've got to get away and be silent. We've got to get away and be quiet. You say, well, pastor, how can I take care of my own soul? How can I do it? How can I minister to that interior life and make it strong? I'm going to tell you something that runs against the grain of our entire culture today. Are you ready? Jesus said, come apart. That is, come away, not fall apart. Come away by yourself with me to a desert place, a solitary place, and rest. The Bible says, come aside, step out of the rat race. You're too busy. Jesus told his disciples, you're too busy, 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 going and coming and going and coming. You don't even know where you're going and where you're coming anymore. You're too busy. He said to them, come away with me. And so it says they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. I'm going to tell you something. Your soul is crying out for silence and solitude alone with God. Some of us are so used to being busy that if we are forced to be still, we cannot even handle it. We freak out when we've got to be still. We don't know how to do it. We don't know how to fellowship with our own soul. We don't know how to be alone. We're afraid to be alone. But you've got to care for your soul. You've got to have downtime. You gotta have downtime. Everybody say with me, downtime. See, Christians have come to believe that busyness is spiritual. But I'm gonna tell you, busyness, when it's too busy, is stupid. Because you will eventually break down. You'll have a soul crash. You've got to come away by yourself with him to a quiet place and let your soul breathe. Let me tell you what I mean by downtime. I want to be real clear. I mean solitude and silence. I don't mean the TV's blaring, the radio's blaring, the phone is ringing, the iPod is on, the computer is on, and all the other intrusive cultural noise. And that's what it is. Man, I see these young people now. You can't even say hi to them. The young people out there, because they got their ear plugged into an iPod. They got their ear plugged into something where they're listening to music or communicating with somebody, text messaging somebody. They're so busy with technical stuff, they don't even relate anymore. And some of you adults, you do the same thing. Don't point at them. 
You're so keyed in and plugged in to constant noise that when you get quiet, it is just unsettling to you. But Jesus said, come away with me to a deserted place by yourself and rest your soul. How are you going to care for your soul? You got to let it breathe. The Bible says, be still, be still and know that I am God. You know what the message Bible says? Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me. Boy, I like that. That'll preach every which way but loose. I want you to listen to that. God says, step out of the traffic, step out of the rat race, step out of the noise, step out of the hustle and bustle, step out of this culture's craziness and take a long, loving look at me. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time God had you all by himself, shut away in a prayer closet, just letting your soul be still, all the noise gone? You may say, well, I don't have time. I'm too busy. Let me tell you the truth about things. You don't have time not to practice solitude and silence. You don't have time not to practice solitude and silence. I want you to say with me something we all need to understand. God never gives anyone too much to do. Well, I just got too much to do. God didn't give that to you. Well, I'm just too busy. God didn't make you too busy. You remember Mary and Martha? Mary was sitting there listening to the words of Jesus. Martha was running here and there, pots and pans, clattering in the kitchen. She comes out. She says, Lord, why don't you make this woman help me? All she's doing is sitting there listening to you. She said, and Jesus said, she has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled and harassed by so many things. You're worried and you're tossed. Martha, chill. Learn something from your sister. I don't care about the kitchen. I don't care what you're, you're too busy. Amen, Pastor Jeff. I'm going to get this CD. <laughs> Spurgeon wrote these words, the great preacher Charles Spurgeon. He said, man must rest or faint must trim his lamp or let it burn low. In the long run, we shall do more by sometimes doing less. Oh, you gotta catch this, everybody. This is soul care. You gotta let your soul breathe. You gotta pull it out of the race. God did not wire our souls for a culture as crazy as this one. He wired us to walk with him, talk with him, fellowship with him. If you think you're too busy, let me tell you about Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley was the mother of John and Charles Wesley, the founders of Methodism. Susanna Wesley had 19 children. Everybody say, oh me. God bless Susanna. Oh, Susanna. Her husband was sent to debtor's prison. No wonder the man was in debt. He was sent to debtor's prison leaving her to fend for herself. But Susanna Wesley was a woman of God. Do you know what she did every day? Every day, she would set aside a time 
to pull away and seek God. And the only way she could do it would be sitting in a chair in the middle of the house and throwing a blanket over her head. She would throw a blanket over her head to separate herself from the noise and the hustle and the bustle and the busyness of life. And there with a blanket over her head and 19 children running around, she got with God every day. It was the only prayer closet she had. Silence and solitude are crucial to soul strength. Shut yourself in with God. Turn off the TV. It's insane, and it's been given over to the devil anyway. Most of it. Turn off the iPod. Turn off the computer. Walk away from the noise. Go somewhere where you can be totally alone with God. And there, let your soul, oh, breathe. Thank you for letting me breathe. I can hear it. The second key to soul care is you got to take care of your emotions. I want you to know today that God cares about your feelings. He cares about the way you feel because God made you an emotional creature. I told you that your soul is comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions. God made you emotional. He gave you the ability to laugh, to cry, to feel sorrow, to feel happiness. He made you an emotional creature. If we weren't emotional creatures, we would be robots. We would be automatons. We would not be human beings. But God gave us the capacity to love others and to love him. He made us emotional. Part of a healthy soul is healthy emotions. Now I want you to understand today that you can be saved and blood-bought and going to heaven and be totally defeated in your emotional life. You can be defeated in your emotions. And God does not want you and I defeated in our emotions. Now I'm talking to you about being an apprentice And I'm going to tell you what the will of God is for your emotional life. The Bible talks about the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions, a soul that is vexed. David said, my soul is very vexed. Your soul can be troubled. David again said, my soul is full of troubles. You can have a fainting soul. You're walking around. You're saying hi to people, but on the inside, your soul is fainting. And you know it. It's fainting. Every day is a burden. Every day is a hassle. Every day drags you down. You're limping on the inside. Your soul is fainting. You used to have desire. Now it's all duty. You got to make yourself do it instead of having the desire to serve God. You can have a lean soul. The Bible says that God sent leanness to the souls of the children of Israel who demanded the quail. You can be sorrowful in your soul. It says of Jesus Christ himself, he confessed in the Garden of Gethsemane, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. He recognized it was his soul. So your soul can be down or up, healthy or not. All of these things I just read to you have emotional repercussions. If your soul is lean, if your soul is troubled, if your soul is sorrowful, that's emotional. There is an emotional link that we cannot separate from. The apprentice of Jesus, I want to be clear here, is called to a healthy, emotional life. God wants you healthy emotionally. Now I want you to listen to what Paul says. I'm going to read a verse, and I want you to listen to the emotions he mentions. He says, now he's praying for the Romans. He's praying for them. 
And here's what he says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound, overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-mm-mm. He named three emotions there. He said, hope, what is hope? It is when you wake up in the morning and you say, hallelujah, good things are coming. I'm excited about life. I've got a skip in my step, a gleam in my eye, and a smile on my face. I'm filled with hope. I don't wake up and say, oh, me. I wake up and say, amen. And look at joy. Joy is emotional. Joy is something that flows within you. And peace, hope joy and peace. He said, I pray that those three emotions abound and overflow in you. Man, I'm going to preach this into you until you walk out of church bouncing like you're a super ball. Say, I want you to say with me, God cares about my emotions. Say with me, he cares if I'm up or down, blue or happy. God cares. He's revealed his will in his word. Joy, peace, and hope. Paul says they ought to be abounding, overflowing in the apprentice, the disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus said further, listen to this. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love. Anybody in here ever been in love and it wasn't emotional? I want to meet you afterwards because I'll tell you some things about the future of your marriage. He says, he says, if you do what I tell you to do, apprentice, disciple of mine, you're going to live in my love, which is not just a, a fact, but it's a feeling. And again, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you that my joy, my joy right, might remain in you and your joy might be overflowing. So look at God, how he's concerned about your emotions. He wants joy overflowing. He wants love. He wants hope. He wants faith to live in you. He wants peace to abide in your heart. And I'm going to tell you something, church. This is for the believer every day. I am not talking about your best day in God. I'm talking about your every day in God. So here are the emotions of a healthy soul, according to Paul and Jesus. And I want you to say them with me. Love joy, hope, peace, and faith. I am convinced that when they smoke it, when they shoot it, when they drink it, when they snort it, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for faith, hope, love, joy, and abiding peace. The apprentice of Jesus Christ, and what did we call this last week? The faith or the fantastic five. Say with me, the fantastic five. Jesus came to give you daily the fantastic Five, if, if, if they were a train with five cars, faith would be the locomotive carrying the other four because by faith, we lay hold of the promises of God. So here's faith, the locomotive behind it, hope, love, joy, and abiding peace. And the, he says, by the power of the spirit of God, that is what is going to overflow in your life. God cares about your emotions. Now, a neglected soul, a neglected soul will not experience faith, hope, love, joy, and peace. Vibrant faith, expectant hope, real love, overflowing joy, 
abiding peace. These are emotions. But if you neglect your soul, it begins to send off warning signals. Here's a cell phone. I've shown you this once before. I'm going to do it again. I was driving down the highway yesterday. had the radio on. As I was driving down the highway, I've been here at the building, and it was pouring. I couldn't hardly see in front of me. So I got the radio on, trying to tune a few things in. I heard this boop, 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 boop. I said, wow, man, I'm really having a hard time finding the signal. And then I looked, and it's my cell phone. And you know what it's saying? Low battery, low battery, charge me. Plug me in. And I thought, How? And that's something, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak on this tomorrow. But I want you to understand, this is what your soul does. This cell phone is animated by a battery. If it wasn't for the battery, there'd be no light in it. It would not be able to communicate at all. But because there's a battery in it that is charged, it can give light and it can communicate and it serves in the function it was made and created to do. Now, you're just like this phone. If your soul is cared for, it won't give off any beeps. It'll communicate, it'll give life, and it'll function in the capacity it was created to function in. You are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're supposed to be giving off light. You're supposed to be communicating with people and communicating with God. But if you neglect your soul, the day will come. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. And you'll blame other people for the way you feel. You'll blame your job for the way you feel. You'll blame the church for the way you feel. You'll blame the preacher for the way you feel. But then if God ever gets a hold of you and says, guess what? The problem is you, dear Brutus. It's your soul. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. Let me, let me tell you the warning signals it gives off. Irritability, depression, confusion, boo-boop, loss of peace, boo-boop. This Christianity isn't what it was cut out to be. I don't have any peace. You've neglected your soul. Anger, that's a big one. Boo-boop. You got no patience with nobody. Bad English, good preaching. <laughs> when your battery, your soul goes low, everybody around you knows it. Sometimes you're the last one to know it. That's unfortunate. But everybody around you knows it. Listen, if you're walking in the house and the pets are heading for the bedroom and hiding under the bed and nobody says hello to you, your soul is low. It needs to be charged. (laughs) Yesterday, I, I saw that my phone was low. Well, I wanted to communicate and I wanted to give life. So I knew to take my little plug, plug it into the cigarette lighter and plug it into my phone and charge it. And when your soul is low, only you can fix it. You need to get alone in solitude with God and let your soul breathe. And then you need to feed it. A cared for soul will manifest vibrant faith, expectant hope, optimism, genuine love, inner joy, and abiding, lasting peace. That's the, that's the vital signs of a healthy soul. A couple of other things about keeping your soul healthy, and I'm going to close. 
You got to keep a, sleek, a clean slate with God and your conscience. Can I tell you the truth now? Nothing will vex and sadden your soul quicker than sin. I said, nothing will, nothing will quench the fire, snuff the love out, grieve your soul, cause it to run low on its fuel like sin. Paul said, I myself work hard to have a conscience without offense towards God and men. It's my goal in life to have a conscience without any offense toward God or people because sin clogs the pipes. Sin brings everything in your life to a screeching halt. Sin will ruin your walk with God. Sin will come deceptively and tell you that it is worth it. And that's called the deceitfulness of sin because sin is deceitful in that it always hides what it's really going to do to you. It wears a good mask, a good disguise, a good face. It appears as an angel of light, but really it's a devil in disguise. Sin will always, always deplete your soul. It'll leave you limping and bleeding and regretting and cut off from God. I got to tell you the truth about sin. Pastor, in our day, we don't talk about sin anymore. I do. Everybody say with me, sin will extract a price that is never worth it. I want to encourage you to keep short accounts with God. Don't allow sin to stay longer, any longer than you would allow a rattlesnake in your living room. How fast would you get that out? Get it out of your life. When you sin, keep a short account with God. Take it to him. He knows about it. And get it under the blood. Every hour and every day that goes by that you don't do that, your heart grows harder. Your conscience grows duller. You get further away. Keep short accounts. God knows what you did, where you went, what's on your mind. Get it under the blood and keep your soul healthy. Amen, Pastor Jeff. Feed your soul is the last thing I want to mention. Feed your soul is hungry. Last week, the on-fire email that everybody got was this one. And boy, did it affect my household. You know how you get these emails every week and you get 10 of them, 20 of them, everybody sending you the same thing? Here's what it was. Raisins will kill a dog. Raisins will kill a dog. Well, you know that our family is a dog-loving family. And you would have thought that we got an email saying that there was a nuke headed for our roof. I mean, I got the, it says that all the emails that came in, Pastor, I know you're a dog lover. I want you to know, don't ever give them a raisin. They'll die if you give them a raisin. Well, I love raisin toast and raisin bran. This was an, in, an intrusion into my lifestyle because my dogs always sit and beg for me when I'm eating. And I thought of all the times I slipped them a piece of raisin toast with a deadly raisin in it, and they're still alive and well. <laughs> but I heard, I heard Kathy on the phone. I knew it was going to happen. I didn't know raisins could do that to a dog. My Lord, we've got raisins everywhere. I, I could just hear, I could hear raisins being banned from my home. I was real nervous about this. I looked at my dogs and I said, it's me or you. And I like raisins. <laughs> I 
But I got to tell you something. Our souls are daily vexed and stressed and poisoned and anemic due to endless, vacuous, meaningless information, pop cultural lunacy, and moral filth, raisins for the soul. You got to feed your soul with silence and solitude. You got to get alone with God and feed your soul with large helpings of the meat of the word, side orders of worship, thanksgiving, and fellowship, daily slices of the bread of life, and wash it all down with big gulps of the water of the Holy Ghost. Feed your soul, apprentice of Jesus Christ. Don't neglect your soul to your own peril. You are the keeper of the flame. Can you stand with me today? When was the last time you got alone with God? Pulled away? When was the last time you shut everything out, pulled out of the madness and let him speak? Can I encourage you to make a habit of doing it every day? You can do it. You can do power breaks. Take a power break. Pull yourself away for 15 minutes, 30 minutes. You give it to a game. You give it to Super Bowl. You give it to the Mavericks. You give it to baseball. You have to make time, but you, your house will stand in the floods and in the storms if you care for your soul. If you're a disciple of Christ, would you raise your hand today if you follow him? I want to pray for our church. I have a dream and I have a vision of a church that is just blowing the roof off of this city because of the strength and the might of the inner interior life of the people. Oh man, that's my vision and dream. If you don't want any of that, you better stay away from here because I've made up my mind. I'm going to preach this and teach it until we're just bursting with inner strength because we've taken care of our souls. Father, I want to pray for this precious people. I pray, help us, Lord, to lay aside time daily to pay attention to our souls. Help us to keep sin out. Help us, Lord God, to stay in fellowship with you, to feed with the meat of the word, worship and fellowship, and to grow in grace and the fullness of the stature of Christ. Now, if that's your heart, I want you to pray yourself right now between you and God as we get ready to close. You pray. Say, Lord, do this in my life. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and take a minute. Go ahead and take a minute. And let's sing, Jeff, while they pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.